You hear that? That's the sound of the water I've been treading over these last few weeks. Tough to gain any momentum. I don't mean we're going to give up. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to Unlucky or Lucky, hopefully, week number 13 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season and postseason. And yeah, treading water that has been the theme of this season and of course the dogs in the under but treading water really this is i went back and i looked and since uh the records that i still have for this show which go back to 2015 this is the latest into the season that I have been without being at triple digits picking the games straight up. So I've really been treading water picking the games, just picking the winners of the games. And that's due, of course, to greater parity in the league, more unpredictability in the league. Maybe I've been chasing a little bit here and there, but only seven and eight once again last week straight up. So it's it's never a good week, no matter what else happens. It's never a good week when you're under 500 picking the games, just picking the winners, just picking the straight up winners. It's never a good week. So I'm only 11 games over 500 right now at 95, 84, and 1. Again, normally around this time of year, I'm at at least like 105, 106. A lot of the times I'm in the 110s going, and I like I went back and I triple checked this. Usually around this time, I'm somewhere between like 105 and 115. So the fact that I'm at 95 is a real struggle. And it's something, of course, by absolute priority is, is getting that fixed. So let's hope that starts this week. I did get over 500 against the spread, just barely eight and seven. Thanks, Seattle. I would have had a better week had it not been, of course, for Monday Night Football. And I'm just going to be real. I didn't stay up and watch that game because I'm like, my goodness, you expect me to watch Russell Wilson at 50% uh, play a football team with the name of football team. And you want me to stay up past midnight to do that? That's probably not something that's going to happen. So seven and eight straight up, eight and seven against the spread, only one and three on the four totals. Once again, we are four and eight in the new era of only picking the totals in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. So we're struggling there as we have with the totals all season long. On the whole season, now a full 30 games under 500 picking the totals, which is absolutely brutal. Speaking of the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, however, three and one straight up, somehow Dallas punts that game against the Raiders who have sucked lately. Somehow they lose that game 36 to 33 in overtime. So obviously I lose everything with the platinum pick, which is absolute garbage. At the very least, I did sweep the gold pick with Cincinnati dominating Pittsburgh 41 to 10. They covered the minus four and a half and hit the over on the 45, which was the only total of the week in those picks that I did get right. 3-1 and one straight up, 3-1 and one against the spread. In addition to Cincinnati covering the minus 4.5, Denver won their game outright with the Chargers, meaning they covered the plus 2.5, and, and the Patriots covered minus 6.5 by blowing out Tennessee by 23 points. 
No movement on my part in either the Bridgewater's Finest straight up or Auntie and Co. straight up pick and pool. Still 19th of 28 and 18th of 22 in those two pools, respectively. 874 confidence points on the season in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, a clip of 60.4. I did bring in a little better than that on the week, 74 of 120, which is 61.7. But if you're looking for movement, look no further than the Half Moons picks against the spread pool where I've been kind of hovering in the mid 40s for about a month now from a low of I think the mid to low 50s. Now pulled myself inside the top 30 in that pool up to 29th overall, 689 confidence points. It's still under 500 on the season. It's only 47.6% of available points. But the leader in that pool, Moby Polito, is only hitting at about 60%. So I'm making moves up that pool. I would love, obviously, to move back inside like the top 25 would be a nice stretch goal for this week. We have another good week against the spread, and that being, of course, in a confidence points pool, another good week against the spread, we might just get there. Did bring in a little bit better than my straight up total. No, it was exactly the same as the uh, straight up total. 74 of 120 confidence points in the half moons pool. Shout out to our week 12 winners, beginning with The Perched, who did double duty in the two pools. That is, of course, Chris Hatbox Picks, longtime member of this community. He picked up the win in both the Bridgewater's Finest pool and the Auntie and Co. straight up pick'em pools. Now, he did share those in both cases. In the Bridgewater's Finest pool, it's with a pick in the neck 272, and in the Auntie and Co. pool, it's with Dr. Prog is in. So they picked up, I had 10 and 5 weeks, first of all, so 10 straight up wins. Two, of the, two out of three ain't bad, you know, when you're talking about uh, picking the game straight up. Always good when you get into double digits. In the Bridgewater's Finest pool, they both went 10 and 5, picking up 81 of 120 confidence points, 67.5%, good enough to win the week. In the Half Moons picks against the spread pool, here comes the pain, picks up, I believe, at least their second win of the season, because I know I've called that name before, 94 of 120 confidence points last week, 78.3%. No movement in the overall leaders in either of these pools. Uncle BBQ Barry remains the overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest pool. As I mentioned, Moby Polito remains the overall leader in the Half Moon's Picks pool. And Bubsy's Thick'em Pick'ems remains the overall leader in the Anti and Co. pool. The, look, 114 straight up correct picks for Bubsy's Thick'em Pick'ems. And that's where I feel I should be. That's where my expectations were that I would be. And look... I, I try to judge against nobody but myself. That's the standard that I hold myself to. And I understand that I'm like 15 to 20% below what I hold my standard to. So let's start turning that around here in week 13. Taking a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. If you check the description to this video, you are going to find my affiliate link, my referral link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, where for as little as $3, you can gain access to one of the absolute best tools for Dynasty keeper or long-term fantasy football any way your league is configured you've got trade evaluations you've got player rankings you got podcasts you got experts in the field and look the dynasty trade calculator has helped win me championships it can help you as well the dynasty trade calculator hit my affiliate link my referral link in the description below 
and gain access to the DTC. In fantasy, I ran the table last week 6-0, and oh, which boy, if you're trying to make a push for the playoffs, if you are trying to hold on to your spot in the playoffs, jockey for playoff positioning, having a 6-0 and week in week 12 as you're getting towards the fantasy playoffs, it's a good feeling. It means your teams are rounding into form, hopefully. Now, still only 7th and 7th in the best ball pool. So again, best ball's been a fun experience. I look forward to doing it again next year with uh, obviously some different things that I would be doing. So of course, since I went perfect, you know that I beat Cormier in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League to move to 9-3 and three on the season. And you know that I beat Threat Level Midnight, upset Threat Level Midnight, who was a pretty heavy favorite going into this game. I got another one of those this week. But I beat them to go to 5-7 and seven on the year. I think that moved me into ninth place in that league. Six make the playoffs. I'm not out of it yet. I got another tough matchup this week, but I'm also not out of the run. Running. I'm making a run, trying to sneak into the playoffs. All you need is a chip and a chair. In week 13, I've got a matchups against Beetle Bailey in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League. That is a projected win, once again for me, trying to keep you know jockeying for good playoff positioning. And the Capitol Hill Jackalopes, one of the better teams in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. That's a projected loss for me right now. Again, they're one of the better teams in the league. I've got a really tough schedule down the stretch, but we're going to make this thing happen. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this video on YouTube or of the audio on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my picks for week 13 here in the NFL in 2021, information on joining any of those pick'em pools that I just mentioned, the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, the Half Moons Against the Spread Pool, or the Anti and Co. Straight Up Pool. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Folks, as I'm recording this, it is the last day of November, the 30th of November in 2021. It's getting cold outside, especially living where I live. It gets cold through the winters, and there is nothing that warms you up quite like a delicious cup of tea. Nerdtees.ca is where you need to go for dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea blends and accessories like the blend that I am enjoying today, which is blueberry, very Nova Scotian of me. Nerdtees.ca is where you need to go. You're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST, and that is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over $100, which is tremendous value. And of course, for my American listeners, you get a great conversion rate right now on the US dollar. Nerdtees.ca, BW Finest, save the 15%, get the free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. With the Panthers, Browns, Packers, and Titans on by this week, only 14 games on the slate for week 13 in the NFL, the rule of four, still undefeated. In 2021, at 12 and 0, the underdogs are hitting like mad. The unders are hitting like mad. What's going to happen? Let's talk about it. Week 13, we're going to kick off in New Orleans with the Saints playing host to the Dallas Cowboys. Both of these teams having played on Thanksgiving with the benefit of having the long week. In all likelihood, the Saints, who have absolutely been struggling lately, will be getting Alvin Kamara back in the lineup for this game. So, I mean, obviously they've had to 
piecemeal together their backfield in the last, I think, three games or so without Kamara. And it's definitely showed in the results, only scoring 20 points a game over the last four and the defense giving up 30. That They're a better defense than that, and that is indicative of a team that's not controlling the football on the ground or through the short pass game. And that is, that's Alvin Kamara. That's Alvin Kamara's bread and butter. So getting him back completely changes the dynamics of that Saints offense. They should expect to get him back. Speaking of running backs, Dallas might be dealing with an issue here, and that issue is with Ezekiel Elliott. But again, the issue depends on who you ask. Dallas running back Ezekiel Elliott has been dealing with a knee injury since October, according to a couple of Cowboys beat writers. The team is reportedly considering sitting him this week in this game. Obviously, short week, short notice, playing the game on Thursday. If you ask Zeke about it, he's definitely playing and he kind of resents the question even being asked. But again, the team's going to make that decision. And because that situation is unclear and murky, it makes it kind of tough to go with the Cowboys this week. Obviously, they've still got issues in their like COVID-related issues. I mean, uh, uh, Amari has been on the COVID list. He's missed the last couple of games. Now it looks like Mike McCarthy is not going to coach for the Cowboys in this game due to COVID. The offense has been kind of up and down, but look, they're averaging about 25-4-22 against over the last month. It's been a little peak and valley, but it's been relatively reasonable, and certainly the results have been better than the Saints. But I'm going to take New Orleans here. Game in New Orleans, getting Kamara back. You still got COVID that's a concern for the Cowboys. You might not have Zeke Elliott, even though I'm fully convinced of Tony Pollard's ability to be a starting running back in this league. He's still not Zeke Elliott. I got to go with the Saints here. Let's take New Orleans at home to beat the Cowboys. On the line, Dallas, a four and a half point favorite on the road in New Orleans. Obviously, I like the Saints to win outright. I'm going to be taking those four and a half points. Let's go New Orleans 24, Dallas 23. Let's go to Cincinnati now for a battle of one of the least penalized teams in the league versus one of the most penalized teams in the league, that being the Cincinnati Bengals playing host to the LA Chargers. Chargers also on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games here. Their results lately have been all right. I mean, the offense is scoring a decent number of points. They still cannot figure out that defense. That defense is playing horribly. One of the worst defenses in the league over the last six weeks or so. Bengals have had two really good back-to-back -back games on defense. Maybe the opposition is a little eh, questionable, and prior to that, they had given up 41 points and 34 points prior to their two most recent games. But I have no questions about the offense right now, humming along 30 points a game over the last month. I just really like the Bengals here. They're also doing the little things right. They are do have to worry about Riley Reef is dealing with a little bit of an injury, but I think he's going to be playing in this game, and that being the case, Joe Mixon is a monster right now. So we're going to grab the Cincinnati Bengals in what I think is a really good spot at home. Cincinnati beats the Chargers. On the line, Bengals are only laying three points here as the home favorite. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. I'm going to lay the three points on Cincinnati. Let's go Bengals 30, Chargers 17. Lots of question marks with that LA team. Let's go to Detroit now because, yes, we have to. Detroit Lions playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, a lot going on in this game before we even talk about what might actually happen on the field. Lions played on Thanksgiving, so obviously they have the benefit of the long week. They're one of the most penalized teams in the league. 
the Vikings, also one of the most penalized teams in the league, and on the tail end of back-to-back road games. So Detroit, at least they've got the benefit of having the long week, got a little bit of extra rest. This is a matchup that should feature a running back competition of Dalvin Cook versus DeAndre Swift, which is one of the better running back matchups that you can come up with in the NFL. Doesn't look like either of them are going to be playing. So instead, we're looking at Alexander Madison versus Jamal Williams. Slightly different contexts. So Dalvin Cook, he injured his shoulder, was in the process of dislocating it in the game last week, and during that dislocation, actually tore his labrum. So he's going to miss multiple weeks. They don't think it's a season ending thing right now. Hopefully it's not. Look, again, kind of like Tony Pollard, which we talked about in the Dallas game. I am very comfortable with the idea of Alexander Madison being a starting running back in this league. I think he's capable of handling that load. For Detroit, DeAndre Swift, he also injured his shoulder. They've confirmed he will not play in this game. So you got Jamal Williams, another guy that's been like a top-tier backup in this league or just a top-tier 1B to another 1A in this league for a lot of years, both in Green Bay and now in Detroit. I would be comfortable, especially with the way Detroit plays offensively. When you got a quarterback like Jared Goff that loves to check down to his running backs, I think he's going to have an excellent game. Now it's just a matter of who's going to play better overall. And genuinely, I think it's going to be the Vikings, even though the game is in Detroit. I'm going to take Minnesota to win this game, even though they're on the tail end of back-to-back road games. If it weren't for the Swift injury, if Swift were playing and Cook wasn't, I'd be all over the Lions here as an upset straight up. That's not the case. I'm going to go with the Vikings. However... Minnesota's laying seven points as a road favorite in this game. I'm going to take the points with the Lions because it's a division game. It is entirely possible that Detroit wins this game outright. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's entirely possible. I got to take that in a division game with two teams that aren't exactly world beaters and neither team exactly lighting things on fire right now. Minnesota's offense really good. Their defense has been garbage lately. Detroit, the offense has been garbage. Their defense has actually played quite well over the last few weeks. So I got to take the seven points in that context. We are going to go Vikings 23, Lions 17. Vikings win outright. Lions get the points. Let's go to Miami now where the Dolphins, I think, have fully shooken off the the stink of how they played early in the season. This Dolphins team has been pretty solid over the last few weeks. They get to play host to a New York Giants team. Once again, stop me if you've heard this before, they're dealing with an injury of some significance. For the Giants, the injury comes in the secondary, and it's a Dory Jackson. He's got a quad injury. There's no update on him right now, but he feels unlikely to play. Having been, you know, particularly interested in a Dory Jackson's career, um, I had him in my uh, my dynasty. My when my dynasty did a startup, we have individual defensive players in our dynasty. I drafted a Dory Jackson in our startup draft and had him on my team for a couple of years. He is very injury prone. <laughs> I'll put it that way. A really good player, a dynamic player, and the results that Adoree Jackson has had this year reflect that. He's been a really good member of that secondary for the Giants, but he's very injury prone. I don't think he's going to play in this game. I think if he does play in this game, he's going to aggravate that injury and he's going to be out for quite a bit longer. So I think the Giants will sit him. And that, I think, winds up being a really significant difference in this game. I'm still not all in 
on the Dolphins. They still take way too many penalties for my liking. And I just see so many drives get stalled or not benefited by taking a bad penalty here and there. However, I cannot deny that the offense is playing fairly well lately. Three straight games with at least 22 points. And the defense has been on fire, only giving up 12 points on average over their last four games. That's one of the best marks across the NFL. So they've completely turned around the narrative of their team. Miami's going to win this game. I do believe I'm going to take them to win. I'm also going to take them to cover against the spread. They're laying three points as the home favorite. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. So I'll take the Dolphins minus three. Let's go Miami 21, Giants 17. If it weren't for that Adoree Jackson injury, this might have been an upset pick too. Speaking of New York, let's go to New York now. The Jets are going to play host to the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Another game where there is a lot going on before we even talk about what we might see on the field this week. The Jets, one of the absolute worst ball control teams in the league. However, they did play well enough last week to pick up a rare win. They got the win 21-14 to last week. Their offense not great, the defense still playing really, really poorly lately, but at least they did have a better showing last week. Once again, probably reflective of the competition that they were playing, which was the Houston Texans. Meanwhile, the Eagles, who I lauded as one of the best teams in football over the last month, and I thought the results bored that out, uh, came up with an absolutely baffling loss, 13-7, to division rival New York. So I guess I have to temper my expectations on them as well. Both of these teams take way too many penalties, two of the most penalized teams in the NFL. Eagles coming in on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games and dealing with an injury on their offensive line, which obviously is never a good thing to have to deal with, especially when you're a team that runs the offense the way that the Eagles do. It's right guard Jack Driscoll. He has a high ankle sprain. He's actually going to be out for the remainder of the season. We will not see Jack Driscoll again this year, which does definitely weaken the Eagles' offensive line. And I think if they were against a better pass rush, that may come into play more than it will this week. The Jets have been decent this year. Maybe I shouldn't have framed it that way. The Jets have been decent this year, pass rushing, but the Eagles, one of the best offensive line units in the NFL this year. I still don't think they're going to have any trouble stopping the Jets, even without Jack Driscoll. I'll just like the Eagles to win this game outright. Let's take Philadelphia on the road in New York to beat the Jets. I just don't think the Jets win twice in a row. Now, on the line, the Eagles are laying six and a half points here as a road favorite. That's a big number to lay, but I think I got to go ahead and lay those points as well. I see this as a two-possession game, so the minus six and a half would hit in that context. So let's lay the six and a half points on Philadelphia. Let's go Eagles 24, Jets 10, although eh, maybe the Jets offense might be a little more potent than that. I'm still going to lay the six and a half. Let's go to Las Vegas now. The Raiders are going to play host to the Washington football team. These two teams going in opposite directions in terms of their rest. So the Raiders played on Thanksgiving. They have the benefit of the long week. Washington just played last night in a two-point win against Seattle. They have the, uh, the detriment of the short week. So you always got to kind of take that into consideration. One team has had a lot more time to prepare for this game than the other. However, you also have to take into consideration uh, the Raiders stink right now. 
They're really, really bad. They're one of the worst teams currently playing in the NFL just over their results in the last four to five to six weeks. They also are one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, completely lacking any kind of penalty-related discipline this year. So you can't say those negative things about the Washington football team. In fact, I would say right now the Washington football team is like the picture of average in the NFL. Their offense is average. The defense is average, although it's played a little better lately, certainly way better than it was earlier in the season. They've kind of turned a corner, which is a good thing for them to have happen, but they're they're just they're an average football team. However, the team that they're playing right now are not an average football team. Even considering the fact that they beat the Cowboys by three points last week. I'm not going to let recency bias change the overall picture of the Raiders, which is even given that they scored 36 points last week, their offense is one of the worst in the league over the last five to six weeks. Their defense is still one of the worst in the league from over the last five to six weeks. I don't think Washington's going to have trouble scoring points in this game. So I have to take them to win. I can't say that about the Raiders. I like Washington to pick up the victory here in Vegas and as an underdog. So this is my second underdog pick this week. Washington is giving two and a half points as a road dog in this matchup. I like him to win outright, so give me the two and a half points. Let's go Washington 27, Raiders 24. I do expect this to be a close game, but I'm going to give it to the football team. Let's go to Pittsburgh now for a battle of the AFC North Steelers taking on the Ravens. Can I sit here and honestly say I have full confidence in either one of these teams? No, definitely, definitely not. Especially after the last couple of weeks of defensive performance for the Steelers, it looks like their defense has completely fallen apart. They've given up 82 points over the last two games, and the offense just doesn't look right. Yeah, they had 37 points a couple of weeks ago. They just followed it up with 10 against a division rival. Baltimore's offense really struggling as well. They failed to score 20 points in their last three games. The defense playing really well. So I think I've got to lean on the team that is at least doing something remarkably, and that's the Baltimore Ravens on the defensive side of the ball. Let's take the Ravens to win this game. Obviously, two teams that have a ton of heat between each other, ton of a rivalry there. I'm going to take Baltimore on the road in Pittsburgh to beat the Steelers, despite the fact that Baltimore is a little not so stingy with giving up the football. On the line, Baltimore currently laying three and a half points as a road favorite. I think this is not a great number. So I went back through this season looking for division games with this exact spread of three and a half. I found five of them up to this point, And there's another one that we're just about to talk about here in a second. The underdog is three and two against the spread in those games. Three and a half is just such a weird number because it's not a field goal. You got to beat them by more than a field goal. And that is kind of a mental hurdle that you have to jump over. I'm going to lay the points here on Baltimore just because I don't see anything right now that Pittsburgh is doing really remarkably. And they may have just lost Pat Fryermuth as well, who I thought was one of the bright spots on that offense. Aside from, I mean, of course, Najee Harris, but... They may not have Fryermuth in this game. I'm going to take Baltimore laying the three and a half points. It's not a great lay, but I am going to take it. Let's take Baltimore 28, Pittsburgh 20. That seems fairly reasonable, and that minus three and a half will hit. 
So the other game that I was talking about was the Seattle Seahawks at home playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the Niners are dealing with an injury situation. That injury is to Debo Samuel, so it is a significant one. He's dealing with a groin injury. It's already been stated he will not play in this game. That is a big part of the Niners' offense gone. Hopefully that means a lot more looks for Brandon Ayuk, speaking as someone who owns plenty of shares in Brandon Ayuk Industries this season, thinking that he was going to be like, a solid, reliable wide receiver too. Uh, it certainly has not happened, but maybe he'll have a better game this week. Seattle, I, boy, <laughs> like what? I'm not sure what else to say about Seattle. Like this is this was Russell Wilson's third game back, and understandably, it was his best game back. I think he threw two touchdowns, had a little under 300 yards passing, so it was a good game for Russ. Now, apparently, it's a matter of the team around him. Now, apparently, the Seahawks can't figure out a way to beat Washington. So, apparently, they're a below-average football team. As, as we just established a couple games ago, I think Washington is like the picture of an average team. So, I guess you got to say the Seattle is a below-average team. I don't think the Niners are a below-average team. Even without Debo Samuel, I do think the Niners get the job done here in a division game on the road in Seattle. Let's take San Francisco to get the win. So this game as well, same as the Baltimore game, San Francisco laying three and a half points on the road in a division game. This is the game that I am going to hedge. And I'm hedging specifically because of that Debo Samuel injury. As somebody who actually took Debo on a fantasy team this year, because I, for whatever reason, I've had this like anti-Debo Samuel agenda over the last few years and just completely avoided drafting him, I guess because of the injury concern. But every week, it seems, I get a touchdown notification for a Debo Samuel rush touchdown. He's not going to be in there. And I don't see another wide receiver on this roster that does the same thing. Like Debo is kind of an anomaly in this offense and you take that rushing touchdown that you can almost take to the bank every week. You take that off the board for the Niners. I still think they win the game because they're the better team, but I'm going to hedge my bets here. and I'm going to take Seattle plus the three and a half points at home. I didn't hedge in the Baltimore game. I am going to hedge in the Niners game. Let's take San Francisco 23, Seattle 20. I think this is a close game, competitive game, good division matchup. I still think the Niners get the win. Speaking of good competitive division matchups, we got two of them here to round out the picks before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. We're going to start in Kansas City. We got the Chiefs playing host to the Denver Broncos. Chiefs coming in off their bye week, so obviously they will be well rested heading into this football game. Chiefs are still a team that I consider to be one of the worst ball control teams in the NFL. And for the Broncos side, one of, if not the least penalized teams in the NFL. And I make a big deal of this every week because it's it's the little things. Little things win football games. They genuinely do. I talked about this in the CFL, I think. You're looking at like the, the big sexy stats or the touchdowns and the points scored and the quarterback sacks and all this stuff. It's the little things that tend to win football games. Not taking a penalty on a decisive drive. Uh, not fumbling the ball on third and short. Little things. Little things. 
As far as I'm concerned, this is a tremendously close matchup. This Chiefs offense is not what it has been in years past. Certainly not lately. Like, look, that that 41-14 win uh, two games ago, which would have been three weeks ago with the bye week, feels like a million years ago. And it was one of the few games this year where the Chiefs have actually looked like the Chiefs. You can't rely on the Chiefs looking like the Chiefs. Whereas when you're looking at the Broncos, they've been a little up and down on the offensive side, but by and large, that defense has been really good all year and stays really good. They had the one hiccup a couple of games ago, the 30-13 to loss. But other than that, the Broncos have been very steady, very reliable on the defensive side. So I think this is actually going to be a relatively low-scoring, defensive battle, good division game. Both of these teams know each other obviously exceptionally well. I like the upset here. Maybe I maybe people are going to scream at me about having an anti-Chiefs agenda now. I like the upset here. I don't like the Chiefs in this spot. I think their number that I've come to is slightly inflated by the fact that they're coming off the bye. I like the Broncos to win this game outright. I'm going to take Denver in Kansas City to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs. On the line, Kansas City's laying 10 points as a home favorite. One way or the other, you take these points. Like, I like Denver to win the game outright, so I'm obviously taking the plus 10, but you have to hedge this game one way or the other. These two teams are way too close, and maybe this number is reflective of like, oh, we don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play, whether it's Teddy or whether it's someone else. As long as that quarterback is not an absolute crater, then I don't see a huge amount of difference. But one way or the other... I like the Broncos plus the 10 points, but I'm taking them to win the game outright. Let's go Denver 24, Kansas City 23. And the last game we're going to look at before we get to the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks is the Monday night football game between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Obviously, this the game that I think everyone has circled on the calendar now because it's going to answer a ton of questions. Are the New England Patriots actually for real or was it a reflection of the opposition? Are the Buffalo Bills for real or are they a sheep in wolves clothing? I don't think that's an unfair question to ask based on their results over the last month. A lot of questions are going to be answered in this game. It's in Buffalo. The Bills do have the benefit of coming into this game on the long week. Both teams playing exceptionally well on defense over the last month or so. Uh, there's the one game, the one hiccup for the Bills where they gave up 41 points a couple of games ago, lost that game big, big, big. And of course, about a month ago, they had that bizarre nine to six loss, but the defense in general has been playing very well. And obviously the Patriots, I mean, they've only given up 26 points total in their last four games. And a lot of people are going to scream and yell and say, yeah, but look who they were playing. Yeah, but the offenses, yeah, but the injuries, you can only play the team that's in front of you. That's all you can do. You play the team that's in front of you, and you have to execute against the team that's in front of you. There's no reason Tennessee couldn't have beaten New England last week, but they didn't. They got blown out. Yes, there were a ton of injuries, but they still could have won that game, and they didn't. And that was due in no small part to the execution of the New England Patriots. I'm not a mass Patriots apologist or anything like that. It's you play the team that's in front of you. Patriots have arguably had the best offense in football over the last month in terms of points on the board. Their defense puts points on the board. This is going to be a really fun, really interesting game that may be determined by the turnovers, maybe a key turnover here or there. 
and possibly on penalties as well. Buffalo takes a few too many penalties. I've mentioned this before. Few too many penalties for an, what I consider to be an elite football team. I think that's what they are. Both of these teams very, very good at protecting the football. Patriots among the league's best in terms of the turnover ratio. Buffalo no slouches in their own right as well. But I'm assuming and I'm believing one key turnover is what's going to wind up being the difference in this football game and I'm going to give it to the Patriots. I'm going to take New England on the road in Buffalo. Patriots get the win. Patriots prove that they are for real. New England beats Buffalo. Now on the line, Buffalo's laying three points here as the home favorite. Obviously, I'm taking the Patriots plus the three because I like them to win outright. I'm going to go Patriots 24, Bills 21, probably the game of the week. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 13 in the NFL. We'll start, of course, with the bronze pick, where I'm 10-2 and two straight up, as well as 9-3 and three against the spread. So I hope you've been riding the bronze pick all year long, because that is paying off big time. Only 5-7 and seven on the totals, but that is still within reason of um, evening up here in the next couple of weeks. My bronze pick is the Los Angeles Rams playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, there's the only reason that this pick is not way higher this week, because it should be, I am concerned about Stafford. Because obviously all the conversation about Stafford right now is he's playing through injuries. We all know that that dude is double tough to take a wrestling term, a piece of wrestling terminology. Dude's double tough. He's played through some stuff in his career, both for Detroit and now for the Rams. It does concern me that it might limit their offense a little bit, but look, they're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going to give you multiple opportunities through your defense to steal some extra possessions and put some points on the board. They also take too many penalties. The Rams take one of the fewest or the smallest rates of penalty in the NFL this year. It's just too much versus not enough is exactly what this is. Again, the pick would be much higher were it not for a little bit of concern about Stafford, but I'm going to take the Rams here at home to get a big win over the Jags. On the line, the Rams are laying 13 points as a home favorite, the biggest spread of the week. I'm going to very uncomfortably lay these points because I think it's how it lands. Because I just, I have no faith in the Jags right now. I think this is how this lands. So we're going to take the minus 13, but I, you can hear it in my voice because I'm, I'm not crazy comfortable with it. Total in the game set at 48 points. I think I got to stick under on this one. I have no idea on a week to week basis what I'm going to get out of the Jags offensively, except for, you know, not great. Though their defense has been playing fairly well over the last month. The Rams, I'm pretty comfortable that they can score some points. Their defense is significantly better than the results that we have seen over the last few weeks. I'm going to stick under on this one. We're going to go under 48 points in Los Angeles, Jacksonville. Rams straight up, we're going to lay the 13 points with the Rams and stick under 48 points. That is your bronze pick. Let's go Rams 30, Jags 16. My silver pick where I'm 9-3 and three straight up, only 5-7 and seven against the spread and 4-8 and eight on the totals this year, sees the Chicago Bears at home playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. Now the Cardinals are coming in off of their bye, so they will be well rested. One of the better teams in the league in terms of protecting the football and generating turnovers. Chicago will also be well rested. They are coming in off of the long week having played on Thanksgiving. But let's be real about that Thanksgiving game from last week. 
Chicago didn't win that game. Detroit lost that game. And that is reflective in the fact that Chicago is the team that got the extra number in the W column, but couldn't cover minus three. And they won after Detroit somehow bafflingly put themselves like second and 32 by taking, I don't know, 114 consecutive penalties in that game. Chicago is not a good team. <laughs> like Chicago's not a good team. We know Arizona is a good football team and a well-rested football team has much better players and is going to come into this game and remind everybody from having, you know, been on the bye and maybe a little bit of up and down results over the last little bit. I think this is the game where Arizona reminds everybody that on the offensive side and on the defensive side, they are not to be messed with. So we're on the cards here very heavy in this game. Arizona beats Chicago. On the line, Arizona's laying seven and a half points here as a road favorite. I think this is like a three possession game somewhere in that area. So I'm comfortable laying the seven and a half points. Total in the game set at 45 and a half. I think I have to stay under on it yet again because both of these defenses are playing well right now, but I have no idea what I'm going to get from the Bears offensively. So let's stick under 45 and a half points, kind of a marginal under, but we're going to go with it in Arizona, Chicago. Cards straight up, we're hammering the cards minus seven and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 45 and a half points. That is the silver pick. Cards 30, Bears 13. My gold pick where I'm eight and four straight up and even money both against the spread and over under at six and six sees the Atlanta Falcons at home playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. This, of course, a division matchup of the NFC South. Bucks coming into this game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, having picked up a win last week against Indianapolis that for a little bit didn't look like it was going to happen, and I didn't pick to have happen. I did pick the Colts to win that game. But the Bucks came back. They did what they needed to do, especially on the offensive side, and got that win. A very, enter very entertaining game, I'll put it that way. Bucks, one of the better teams in the league in terms of protecting the football. Falcons, one of the worst teams in the league at protecting the football. And uh, there's a very simple question here. And I'm going to ask it to you, and then I'm going to answer it, and then I'm going to give you my pick. Is Calvin Ridley playing this week? The answer is no. I'm taking the Bucks. <laughs> like I, sometimes this job is not difficult. Um, without Calvin Ridley, this Falcons offense is almost feckless. Like it, they just can't operate without that guy. He's their new Julio. He's their new Roddy White. There's. It always seems like there's a guy that if he's not playing, the whole offense kind of crumbles underneath. And right now it's Calvin Ridley. If he ain't out there, yes, Cordero Patterson is having himself a hell of a season. And yes, I wish I would have predicted it. But without Calvin Ridley, they're not going to win this game. So we're going to take the Bucks here on the road to beat Atlanta division game. On the line, Tampa's laying 11 points, which is a really, really tough thing to lay in a division game. Usually I stay away from things like this, but I think it's a three possession game. So I kind of have to lay the points. It would be silly of me to be like, I think this is a three possession game. So I'm going to take plus 11 with Atlanta. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So I got to lay the 11 points. It's not the most comfortable lay that I'm going to have this week, but uh, I got to lay the 11 points with the Bucks. So we're going to go Tampa minus 11. 
Total in the game set at 50 and a half. Once again, I have no idea what I'm going to get out of the Falcons offensively. Without Calvin Ridley, please Calvin Ridley come back soon for the sake of the Falcons and and for the sake of my dynasty team. I could really use you. Um, We're going to stick under on this one. Under 50 and a half points in Tampa, Atlanta. Let's go Bucks uh, straight up. We're going to lay the 11 points with Tampa Bay in a game that stays under 50 and a half. That is the gold pick. Bucks 31, Falcons 13. And the last game we're going to look at my platinum pick. Nine and three straight up, five and seven both against the spread and on the total. The Houston Texans at home playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts offensively on fire over the last month have not scored fewer than 23 points in their last four games, and that is the only game, that game where they scored 23, where they've scored fewer than 31. So this offense humming along, defense playing very well as well. Had that hiccup last week, but that's against the Bucs. Everybody has hiccups against the Bucs. Other than that, 15 points against, 17 points against. This defense is playing well. Houston, the only thing I can say about them positively, is the defense actually playing fairly well lately. The last three games, 21 points against, 13 points against, 17 points against. So sure, a little bit of that is competition, but they're also getting the job done. They are executing. They are not going to execute this week. Um, I, I I don't see how Houston gets to 20 points in this game. They're not doing it on average. I don't think they do it against a really good Colts defense. And I don't see how the Colts stay under 30 in this matchup. So look, I this smells this I'll be perfectly honest, this smells like a blowout to me. So that's the way I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna take the Colts, one of the best ball control teams in the league, one of the least penalized teams in the league, to really put it on the Houston Texans, who do take a few too many penalties. Indy blows out the Texans. On the line, Colts are only laying nine points here as a road favorite. I like it as a blowout, so give me those nine points very, very comfortably. Totaling the game set at 46. I think I got to go over on this one. I think the Colts could come close to hitting this number on their own. Again, I think this is going to be a massive blowout for them. So we're going to go over 46 points in Indianapolis, Houston. Colts straight up, we're hammering the Colts minus nine against the spread in a game that goes over 46 points. That is the platinum pick. Indianapolis, 42. Houston, 13. There you go, folks. Those are my picks for week 13 in the NFL in 2021. And it is time now for the patented comment of the week. We're going to have a little fun with the comment of the week this week. The comment of the week from the week 12 episode goes to my guy, Chad Suzka. And technically it's two comments, but Chad's been a viewer of mine for a few years, likes to refer to himself in this way. He says, first of all, a bad lay and kind of laughs about it because I, I I tend to use that uh, terminology when I'm talking about laying points that I'm not overly comfortable with. I think I even used it in this episode. He says, hello from Chad from Regina, Saskatchewan. A a.k.a. your weather guy for the NFL. Chad always likes to come into my comments and be like, you know, it's going to rain. Might not want to take that over. And nine times out of ten, he's right. But the reason, the real reason I'm giving him the comment of the week is just in all capital letters, Houston is worst team. (laughs) I just find that so funny. And especially where this week I'm taking them to get absolutely fustigated and blown out by the Colts. I just thought that was funny. So Chad, yours is the comment, or I guess I should say comments of the week from the week 12 episode. 
Week 13 episode now in the books, folks. I've got off to a bit of a late start today, so the uh, episode might be out a little bit later than normal, but we will have it up for you post-haste. I hope you enjoy the games in week 13. I hope your picks do swimmingly, but not quite as well as mine, as always, especially if we're in pick'em leagues together. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Once again, enjoy the games in week 13. Here's hoping your fantasy teams are making that push to the playoffs like mine are almost across the board. I might have an outside shot here at making the playoffs in all six of my leagues this year, which I think would be absolutely tremendous. A couple of them are real touch and go, but the possibility still exists. We'll have to see what happens. Enjoy the games in week 13. I think that's the third time I've said that in this outro. We will see you again for week 14 as we get close to the fantasy football playoffs and ever closer to the actual NFL playoffs. Enjoy the games. See you next week.